Hello, I am Frederick Bell, the CEO and Director of Elemental Royalties Corp. We're a TSXV listed company with a portfolio of predominantly producing precious metals royalties, which is what sets us apart in the royalty space. Good to see you, Fred. Um, it's been a while. You've been a bit busy uh, dealing, dealing with a few things in the market, I see. Uh, you've had a uh, you have an offer on the table, a bid on the table. Um, what do you make of it? Look, we have um, we have responded formally in a direct to circular that was that was put out, and in that we laid out thirteen really clear reasons why we did not believe that this this unsolicited hostile bid that that was done in our view opportunistically um, just before Christmas. This this bid uh, does not offer compelling value for elemental for elemental shareholders. Um, it, it's not it's not compelling on a relative or an absolute basis. And I think that has been really clearly communicated by the fact that an absolute majority of elemental shareholders have told us that they do not intend to accept this bid. So I think it's, it's often rare that a company can um, talk to uh, an absolute majority of its shareholders in a short space of time and, and actually get that feedback. And, and we received it um, and some of it unsolicited from shareholders saying that this was not an attractive proposition for them. Okay, so you, you, on, a, on a fundamental or or uh, relative basis, so what, what does that mean? So how are you how are you valuing what you've got compared to the offer that came in? Well, I, one of the key factors for us, and we have built a portfolio that is 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 really um, the foundations are very solid, uh, producing cash flowing royalties, which give us diversified revenue from the outset, and the platform to build a royalty company from, and. This offer is effectively um, presenting elemental shareholders with the ability to contribute over 60% of the revenue to the pro forma enlarged group, but only receive 12% of the equity in the pro forma enlarged group. And so clearly, elemental shareholders are being diluted from their exposure to the assets that they have bought into um, and, and the strategy um, that we have built over time. And I think that one of the things we have consistently said, and we've probably said it on, on crux to you a number of times over the past year, is, is, is our view that it is far harder to go out and acquire good quality producing assets um, than it is to acquire early stage royalties that may or, or may not ever come into production. And so for us um, to basically, I think, you know, seed our, our good royalties on producing assets in return for a larger stake of expiration, very early stage expiration royalties in many cases. Again, it's it's not compelling for for um, for for the special committee um, that we have set up. It wasn't compelling for the board. It wasn't compelling for uh, an absolute majority of our shareholders. Okay, here's, here's okay. Here's a question for you. Okay, sure, sure um, gold royalty don't have. Much revenue at the moment, or, or or in the next couple of years. But when you want to be part of that kind of promotional machine that they've got, I mean, they've built a six hundred million dollar company in no short order with you know a, a, a portfolio which, as you say, is probably a little bit uh, long time based um, in, in terms of where the where the potential comes from. Um, can can you benefit from that? Can you can you utilize that? Isn't that a, a a way of getting a increased multiple on the way that people view your uh, assets and your portfolio? Well, I, I think the real risk we see here is an all equity offer um, on something that is is trading on you know 
by by metrics you look at it um very very high relative um and absolute valuations and so <clears throat> um for elemental shareholders going from something that is trading at um nine times you know 2022 revenue um into something on their side i think that is probably trading at 90 times um 2022 revenues um that is a that is a substantial risk for elemental shareholders to take on um because if that reverts to the royalty you know the mean the average which is what um, what, what is it across it, the industry probably 15 to 20 times for some of the big royalty companies um <clears throat> that is that is an awful lot of downside there that elemental shareholders are being asked to take in return for contributing the majority of the revenue in the pro forma group. And I think that is one of the 13 reasons um, in the director circular why we have laid out that this bid is, is, is wholly unacceptable. It is not compelling and it does not garner the tractional support of an absolute majority of elemental shareholders. And, and one thing I might even add to that is if you look at Elemental's track record today, um, we have we have built this company from our first fundraise in 2017 at $0.27. Cents. It's in our presentation. You can see our share price graph since we started. And we have, we have added value to shareholders consistently since we started this company. If you look at our revenue, we have been able to almost double revenue year on year. And we have said previously um, that 2022 will be uh, forecast to be a record year for revenue for Elemental. And we should have our official guidance out on that in February. So from our perspective, uh, we're growing Elemental um, at a pretty fast pace on revenue, which is what really matters. And the, uh, you know, the appeal of going into uh, a larger group that um, you know, we are substantially the majority of the revenue um, with a very small uh, uh, shareholding in that, um, that, is, that is not something that is, is attractive to Elemental shareholders. So, look, I want to talk about your portfolio in a minute, but in in, in a minute, and we, we've had some conversations in the past about how, how you value deals and your portfolio more broadly and how you measure that. So, we'll, we'll get into that in a second here. But so, I, I just want to stick to this, stick with this thing, Chris. We, we we've seen in the industry um, lots of new entrants coming in. It's a sort of exciting space where you know, royalty and streaming uh, companies being created. Uh, M&A was expected. We've talked about that last year, um, in the beginning of the year, I mean, that, that was um, recognized that it, would, it need, kind of needs to happen. So in a, a new entrant like Gold Royalty into the space, and they've been, they've been in conversations with lots of companies about you know, r- rolling up um, some of these smaller players. I just want to come back to this point around the, the 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 industry average multiples versus where they're at versus where you're at. You're kind of, you know, you're, you're nine times, you think it, it should be somewhere like 15 times the industry average and these guys are about 90. That's worrying for, that's worrying for me. Um, in the sense, are we... Are we <laughs> You probably can't say it, but are you looking at their portfolio and gaining no confidence about their ability to drive revenue in the near term? Is that, is that is that a concern for you? Would you put no store in their ability to promote into the U.S. because they've got the U.S. listing? I mean, what what are the variables that you've thought about when you're going? Well, is this a good thing? Or not is a case of well, you know, a, a bid would be welcome. We just need them to. We need to push them to up their bid here. Or fundamentally, do you think it's the wrong vehicle for your shareholders to, you know, be moved over to 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 
to be part of? What's, what's your thinking? I, I think that it is, a, um, it, is, it is not an attractive, and, and we have to talk about the offer that is on the table that has been made public formally to our shareholders. And that offer that is on the table um, from, the, from the bidder, um, that, is not, um, that is not an attractive offer. And, and that comes down to um, both the company and the valuation. And I think we have uh, which valuation again, though? Which value? This one I want to get to. The valuation that they've given you by saying here's twelve percent of our equity post post deal, or your view of their valuation as it currently stands with a multiple of somewhere near ninety. Which valuation? Well, I, I think we can talk to Elementals valuation that they have offered, and um, to be really clear, they 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 announced this as a thirty-seven percent premium um, since the offer. Uh, the majority of the time, it has actually, because it is an all equity offer and their share price is lower, it has actually been an under 20% premium for the majority of the time since. So that is wholly unacceptable and, and, and not attractive. Um, and I think clearly shareholders can, can make their own minds up on, on other royalty companies' valuations. Um, but suffice to say, you know, you know, NAV, uh, NAV valuations and revenue valuations um, are, are two different metrics commonly used. And revenue valuations are very straightforward, especially when you have the track record to demonstrate them. And I think NAV valuations can often be very opaque and um, you know, based on, on one person's view um, of what it is, of what these assets potentially can be worth in the future. And so for Elemental, we have said, you can model the company pretty much in, a, in an afternoon. You can look at our core royalties. They are public companies, public mine plans, public guidance, and, and you can pretty much work back from there. I think, um, you know, when you have a, a large portfolio of early stage royalties, it's uh, incredibly hard to know how many of those will, will actually ever eventuate turn into a, into a real mine and actually ever pay a royalty. And just look at the industry as a whole. We know for a fact that 1% of, of, of prospects, it, it will be far less than that, ever turn into a mine. So you may have 150 exploration projects, but it may be in 10 years' time, none of those have ever paid a revenue um, and ever turned into anything. And, and that, for us, is a, is a key risk as well. Okay, so, that, so their multiple is... I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with this because I, I I really need to, to understand and you know we, we interviewed Dave Garofalo I think in November kind of got into it you know one of my questions was around their valuation in relation to um, current revenue and near term revenue that being revenue in the next couple of years you know they they definitely have a machine working there but something which is six times the industry average as a multiple I I think that's you know, it's it's either you say I can I can I can use that and work with that, or I don't believe it. Therefore, I don't want to be party to that. Or I tell you what, if the if the price is right, then it's something that I I, I could probably wrap my head around. You seem nervous about not just the offer that they're giving you guys, but in terms of the valuation that the market is attributing to them. I think you have to look at this as when you are being offered all equity, you have to look at this as an elemental shareholder. That's our primary role here. Um, and when we look at it as an elemental shareholder, the, the valuation metrics, the, the pro forma group would be trading on um, are, are clearly, um, particularly on a revenue basis, um, they're, they're exceptionally high. 
um, compared to the industry average. And and so we look at this and, and we think, are we going to get a, um, a double bump in terms of valuation? Um, or actually, is there a, a downside risk to this? And, and, um, and I think that is something that um, all our shareholders will be able to um, you know, come to a view on themselves. But, but clearly, and I think, again, if you go through our circular, you can see, um, clearly we believe that the, the valuation is, is, is uh, on an absolute basis unattractive. But on a relative basis, um, it, it's also um, not compelling. Okay. Because I, I guess the other, the, the other um, company that people can look to, shareholders or, or otherwise investors can look to, is Metalla, who are off you know, 50% from their highs at the beginning of uh, 2021. You know, we're, we're sort of 16 bucks now down at, you know, around eight, eight bucks. The shine has come off there. Um, I think he possibly suffered from the same, the same, um, issues with regards to portfolio strength. So that, you know, some, some good ones, but not enough good ones. Um, okay. So what, what, what are the other kind of defense points that you're making to your shareholder? They, they've, okay. You're telling me they've voted unanimously not to, but are they looking to you to, go back in and get a better offer or are they looking to you to look elsewhere for an offer or are they looking to you to get on with the business of building a royalty company? Well, I think we absolutely owe it to our shareholders to get on with the business of building a royalty company. And we said that 2022 was going to be a record year um, and we expect to have formal guidance in February. Um, but you know, clearly with two major royalties coming on stream for us in a material way this year, um, that is going to be a driver for us. Um, and, and we've talked in the past to, as we get increasing scale, we get greater liquidity. Um, you have the opportunity to uh, get a better credit facility, more investors. And so all of those things, um, which we have publicly said in the past, are, are sort of 2022 was a big year for us. And that is why we think uh, an unsolicited hostile bid uh, announced on the 20th of December uh, is is really uh, an opportunistic um, uh, attempt to, um, I think, get a good deal for gold royalty, the bidder shareholders. And it's it's really not a good deal for elemental shareholders. And to talk to a few things there, um, we, we have um, on, I think, um, sort of resource updates, um, some of our key royalties, um, counterparty operators, they have announced um, uh, probably in the first half of this year on a number of those. And, and again, um, those are material value drivers for us alongside other things. And, um, and that, is, um, that is clearly none of that is reflected in this bid. And so, yes, we will always talk to other royalty companies. And in the bid circular, you can see that we, we actually um, talk to um, the, the current bidder um, prior to them launching an unsolicited bid. And I think that is a, it's a sensible um, path for us to do. Um, to to continue to talk to royalty companies um, across the space, um, but we are um, we're absolutely keeping the door open um, to continuing to add value to elemental shareholders um, as is our responsibility. Okay, and are, are you in other conversations at the moment? What, like any meaningful conversations? I know these conversations happen all the time. People digging around, getting information, but are you in any meaningful conversations about M and A? I would, I would comment that generally um, in the royalty space, I think that um, this, um, this, this hostile bid has, um, has, has probably um, focused minds um, 
on a topic that has been um, discussed somewhat in the past of consolidation. Um, and I think, um, I think for Elemental, I, I can't comment specifically on, on um, companies or conversations, um, but we have, we have repeatedly said in the past that we are building a portfolio and a company with really high quality cornerstone assets that will always appeal um, you know, and always be attractive to, to other royalty companies and peers. And um, that's, you know, at the end of the day, receiving a, a, a hostile bid is, um, in some ways speaks to um, the attractiveness of our assets um, and our portfolio. They didn't frame it like that. They didn't, they didn't talk about a hostile bid. Look, I, I think that, um, again, it's, uh, uh, I, I think, you know, the way this has happened um, in, in a way that we think is, is opportunistic in timing um, and that doesn't offer elemental shareholders full and fair value. Um, I think it is, it is hard to see that um, in, in, in another way. And um, uh, I think from, from our view, um, we've always been um, open to talking to other royalty companies. Um, and I think that, um, I think, uh, you know, this is, uh, this is not an offer that is, is going to be a good deal for elemental shareholders. Um, and, and um, uh, again, our, our shareholders, big and small, um, have been in contact with us um, representing an absolute majority of elemental shareholders. And they have told us that this is not an attractive offer. Okay, look, it's, it's it's always a tough one, you know, because I always say to you know CEOs, you know, oh, you're looking to sell, etc. Oh, we'll take, you know, any, we have to consider all good offers that are put on the table, and um, invariably the CEOs want to go on and get, be given the opportunity to build a, a, a successful and big and meaningful and profitable uh, company. Sometimes that's that's taken out of the hands. It's it's nice to sort of see the um, shareholders backing what you've done to date and 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 what you're hoping to do in the future. So so that's all good. But but what what about well you say it's a topical conversation. It is. Um, have you ever thought of moving um, to be a hunter rather than the prey? Um, we we definitely um, you know I, I don't I don't actually see it necessarily in that perspective. Um, I think any transaction that we would look to do, it would have to be a, um, we would want it to be a positive transaction for both parties. And I think when you look across the royalty space, um, there are, um, there are companies, portfolios trading at attractive valuations, um, where I think there's, there's always, um, there's always opportunities for that combination to be, um, meaningfully uh, value accretive um, and I think that uh, whether or not um, we are the in your words um, the hunter or the hunted um, I, that doesn't actually matter to us um, and, and that's really important because elemental directors and management um, own about 15% of the of the company's equity so we are shareholders far more than um, than than sort of um, employees, and I think that has been crucial for us as we've gone. And you've seen over the last year, prior to this hostile bid from Gold Royalty, um, directors have been buying shares on the market um, when we can, in between close periods, on a consistent basis. Um, really, since we listed and participated in in all the fundraisers that Elemental has ever done. 
So um, it's it's certainly a case that we think has shareholders first, um, and I think that is why um, a, a clear majority of our shareholders um, have 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 reached the same conclusion that we have in regards to this um, in regards to this approach. Good, we do too. I, th- I think that um, as you laid out quite nicely in your director's circular, which we'll put a link to below this um, video. Please go and look at it. You, you, you've, la- you've laid out some pretty pretty good reasons. Um, I think our takeaway from the gold royalty interview in November was that they are overvalued. Different business model, and um, when the shine comes off, it comes off quick. So I. Let's talk about the future. Okay. You, you, you've kind of, you've kind of reminded us about Carla Winder and obviously Mercedes Gold, you know, coming, uh, delivering, um, you know, full year worth of, uh, revenue, um, this year. Um, let's talk about what, what else is in t- happening in 2022 revenue wise and also, um, any kind of, um, building up of the portfolio and what, you know, what, what you're hoping to do. So when you give us the update on, on, on those two first. Um, well, I, I would also just say, um, Matt, it's, it's nice to talk about Elemental um, uh, by itself yeah. for a change. Uh, it's been a lot of discussion recently around um, around other companies and, and bids and, um, and and sort of um, things of that nature. Um, what we what we really want to do is to talk about Elemental and um, and not, you know, and not how it it's backfilling someone else's valuation. Right? <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Let's go. Come on. Talk about Elemental and. Yeah. Um, Look, one thing that we did say, and we only started saying it in November last year, um, but we started saying that with Carla Winder de-risked and in commercial production, we have been in the stage that we have really sought to be in since we started this company, which is $10 million of diversified revenue, um, you know, being able to lower our cost of capital, a really visible um, pipeline of growth from the portfolio, um, and crucially, I think putting ourselves in the position to go out and start building the pipeline with development stage assets and earlier stage assets, because you know it's it's great to have this portfolio of producing royalties. It is it's a holy grail in the royalty space. Good quality producing assets, everyone always wants them. So to start with a portfolio that is eighty percent that is is I think the dream for anyone putting a royalty company together. And now we have the platform and um, to go out and start to gradually build that up. And, and we're still um, looking and planning to add in producing um, assets as we go, but we can. Um, we feel comfortable enough that we're in a position to start adding to our development pipeline as well. And, and that's really exciting because you can start to layer on the exploration and the pipeline and the growth. And um, for us, uh, we have um, a really good growth pipeline in terms of revenue this year, but we're also just starting to see exploration at some of our existing assets. And the reason that that is so important is that our two biggest royalties are Wang Yon and Carla Winder. Wang Yon came on at the end of 2019 and Carla Winder came on um, last year in 2021. So these are two brand new, large scale, long life assets. And in Wang Yong's case, it's now owned by a top 10 gold miner in Endeavor. And they had their first expiration budget for Wang Yon last year. And they spent 12 and a half million US on Wang Yong. I think they've announced 9 million US this year. Um, that is a thousand square kilometer land package. So that is as big as four or five you know, other mines might be with all their entire 
um, land package. And this is really the first time that Endeavor are being able to get to grips with it. So when you have a top 10 gold miner globally, putting their second biggest exploration budget into our royalty there that covers an entire district, 1,000 square kilometers, there is years and years of exploration to come. And Endeavor have actually announced an exploration target by the end of 2025 of one and a half to two million ounces in measured and indicated resources at Wangyong. To give you an idea, when that mine was built, it, it had a bit over two million ounces. So they're effectively saying that um, in three years' time, they will have doubled the size of that. Um, so it will be a bigger mine having paid us for the next three years than it was when we bought it and then it is today. And you might, you might always take that with a pinch of salt if it's a small junior company, but a top 10 gold miner saying that with the track record that they have, clearly that asset has a lot long way to go in terms of growth and value. And I think that probably is also part of the driver. Someone might make an unsolicited bid for us before any of that value and any of that is reflected in Elemental. And our second asset, Carl Winder, they've just brought it on stream. And you know, very much like Wang Yong, when you bring the mine on stream, your immediate focus is, is getting it up and running, commercial steady state production. And once you hit that, you then start to gradually build out exploration, which is exactly the playbook they have done. It's a very successful management team there, um, the ex-Regis management team um, at Capricorn. And they trade at a, um, at a very good premium because of their track record and what they have managed to do historically. And for us, um, really, again, um, right now to have that asset valued before they've had the chance to really do any near mine exploration, before they've had the chance to optimize, before they've had the chance to potentially increase the throughput at the mine, um, which they have done with all the assets they built at Regis. Um, I think all of those are clear and compelling reasons um, why why an, a, a bid today is opportunistic, undervalues elemental. And um, you know, I could talk to some of our other assets in the portfolio, um, but... Well, 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 well do, 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 do do that because like... I, I, I... Like 10 million revenue, you've got these two, two big projects with companies with big balance sheets and uh, allocating that uh, to, you know, for further discovery. Fantastic, right? Um, just remind me, I know we talked about it last time out, but I just want to remind people about the, the flow of development projects that will come to, well, will contribute towards your revenue over the next two years. That, that, we, that I think of in those sorts of terms, every, every two years, what, what new revenue is coming on board? Because you've got to, you, you've kind of give, previously given guidance as to what you think the revenue projections, you know, c- could be all, all, all things being equal. So can you get into some of the other projects? Yeah. In terms of, of new assets coming on, well, Mercedes is the one that's already producing and the royalty starts to pay us from July this year. So that comes on stream. Um, and, and then in terms of development pipeline specifically, um, I'll probably highlight um, a couple of assets, um, but, but Laverton, um, which, is, which is Focus Minerals in Australia, um, I think that the, uh, the royalty we have there covers both oxide near surface, and that is um, you know, within, um, within distance, within easy tracking distance of the existing mines um, that both um, Anglo Gold Ashanti have and Dacian have, um, and those are existing operating assets. And, and part of what the royalty covers there is high grade oxide. Um, so they have the option there to either work with existing operating mines who would be hungry for that feed or to develop it as a standalone. The much bigger prize there for us, um, what attracted us was the Lancefield underground mine. And that was in the 1990s, one of the top 10 underground gold mines in Australia. Um, and we have a 2% royalty over it. 
Um, it was producing, uh, I think, 100,000 ounces a year in the 1990s, and it hasn't had any work done on it um, going back, I think, um, almost 20 years now. So to have that in Western Australia, um, again, um, within sort of you know easy distance of, of two existing operating assets, um, that for us has a has a lot of value in our pipeline. Um, and we don't talk about it. We haven't talked about it that much because the focus has been on our key assets coming on stream at the end of last year and this year. So they almost get overlooked. Um, but another asset that's had quite a lot of um, work on it in the last year has been um, our Panton Royalty. Um, and it's, uh, it's actually a new company there that's taken that on um, and, and dual listed in Australia and, and on AIM in London. And have been doing an aggressive um, drill program there. Um, to update the resource and, and expand it. So I think there's a there's a number of assets there um, that we see really active exploration and where there's either the potential for them to be additional short-term revenue um, or for it to be a larger standalone project. And um, I think that's an area where we might look to continue to add to the portfolio as we grow. Okay, so and sorry to take you slightly back to unsolicited bids. Um, has what you've done over the last year in terms of the portfolio building and the recent unsolicited bid shaped the way that you think you will build the portfolio going forward? And I say that in the context of, you know, you're going to be looking at, you know, gold equivalent royalty link, you know, um, resource and, and reserve numbers as, as, you know, we're measuring, um, the, the, the portfolio, but, we also have seen last year with some of the, a lot of new entrants coming in that a lot of value being given to royalty companies picking up any old royalty royalties which perhaps have very little chance of actually being monetized because they'll never get into production. So has has the balance of the portfolio that you're trying to build or the outlook for the the portfolio that you're trying to build changed as a result of the last year and recent events? Um, I would say it hasn't changed as a result of recent events. Um, I think that as part of our overall plan to get that um, to get that foundation um, of diversified revenue, clearly our biggest asset, the key one there was was Carla Winder, um, which had first full quarter of commercial production in Q4 last year. So that's really that has been the catalyst for us to start saying, okay, we're now comfortable enough and confident enough in our position that we can go out and start to add to. Um, add to our add to our pipeline, not just of producing assets, but also the development ones that will be coming on in years two, three, four, and five. Um, and I think that's where um, that's where you can get into a really exciting position um, where you have multiple assets being developed by multiple operators in parallel with your existing producing royalties continuing to operate and continuing to do their own exploration. And when you look across royalties and royalty companies in the space. I think it's um, it's often been the case that the initial um, the initial asset um, the initial project sometimes has taken longer to get into production um, than than originally planned. But it is a um, you know for us now that we have a really solid base of producing royalties, it is easier for a company like us to carry a six month delay if we buy a royalty, a twelve month delay. That's that's risky and harder for a smaller company to do. Um, or for a new company to do. So I think that's that's one of the key um, factors in our overall strategy. Focus first on the hard part, focus on producing royalties. We all know we can go out there and buy expiration and early stage royalties. Um, there are an awful lot of them. Um, but if we put ourselves 
um, in the position that we are today. We're trading at um, sort of nine times forward revenue. I think that gives us the best possible platform to grow the company in a way that adds value for shareholders, not just growing for the sake of growing, which is which is a really key distinction. Um, you know, there is a reason that. Um, I think our shareholders, our management team still own 15% of the company and some of our key shareholders have been there um, for a while. And it's because we're not going out and diluting ourselves 90% with every deal we do. I mean, when you look back to the South 32 deal, I think at the time the market was, I think there was a lot of companies going around, well, that was an expensive deal. How, how, how do you view it now? Do you, th- do you feel better about that deal? Yeah, it's, it's, um, I always use the analogy and it's a year and a half ahead, but I always use the analogy of Wang Yong here. Um, because I remember when we bought Wang Yong, um, and um, we we um, we bought it at the time for twelve and a half million, and I think at the time we felt that was a, that was a pretty full price internally. And and actually, when you look back on it today, um, you know it is it is worth significantly more than that, um, according to analyst consensus, according to their own mind plan. They've openly talked about the fact they're planning to more than double um, or planning to double the resource over the next few years at no cost to Elemental. So clearly, when you look at that, um, as they build the mine and they manage to um, not just run it at nameplate, but really run it effectively higher than that and add expiration, um, suddenly that royalty looks like a very hit buy in, in retrospect. And I think the South 32 portfolio, one of the key, um, well, the, the key royalty there was, was Capricorn's Carla Winder. And I think that if you look at what they have, it's still very early days, but if you look at what they've already achieved, um, they they declared commercial production after one quarter. Um, they brought this mine on on time and on budget, while Western Australia was was almost a um, sort of in you know in lockdown. Can't come in and can't come out. And um, I recall one of the comments from an Australian um, uh, analyst broker, which was it was um, one of the smoothest construction mine builds and ramp ups that they've seen in recent times in Western Australia. And a large part of the attraction that we saw in this asset um, is the expiration potential um, and it is a management's track record of execution and some of these things are, uh, are less tangible than others um, you know it's very easy to put some a and b down on paper um, but c d and e which actually are crucial ingredients you can't always really pin them down and put a value on them but as we've seen at wang yong when you put a, a really good quality asset with a lot of exploration potential together um, with good management team, um, with access to capital, then as a royalty holder, you get the best result. And I think that as, um, I think that, you know, we liked that South 32 acquisition clearly when we did it. Um, and I think that as time has gone on um, and they have demonstrated, um, you know, the ability to build a mine, um, to commission it um, in almost record time and um, in their first full quarter of production, which was Q4, um, they're at guidance or already exceeding it in various respects. So that's at an equivalent point, almost better than Wang Yon was um, when we bought it. Share price, offer comes in from Gold Royalty, share price pops up between 30 and 40 uh, cents Canadian. Um, It's still up there, still hanging around these these new, new highs for you. People looking for a quick win there. Um, looks like they're not going to get it. Are you concerned that uh, you'll see a bit of an exodus from a certain type of shareholder? Look, I, I think um, for all the reasons um, outlined, um, 
you know, one of the you know, we 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 have, we're confident that um, all the reasons outlined in our circular, um, if Elemental continues as an independent company, um, particularly with our um, with our two royalties coming online this year, um, and with the ability to continue to execute on the plan, um, I'm confident that shareholders will um, will will see value in that, and investors will. And when you look at our shareholder base, and and roughly speaking, the top twenty own sort of um, uh, well, well in excess of fifty percent of the company. Um, and um, when you look at our shareholder base, those shareholders um, have been very supportive, very long term, um, continue to be. And I think that for us um, is is really key in in driving the company forwards. So short answer, um, you know, we're really confident that as an independent company, we can continue. Um, to to drive value for shareholders going forwards. Okay, and we and we're going to hear about your ability to. We, you touched upon it earlier, but in terms of um, access to capital, access to cheaper capital, refinancing out ex- existing structures, is that also on the the to do list in twenty twenty two? Yeah, despite the um, look, despite the hostile bid, um, we're continuing um, to to progress. Um, discussions on on a couple of fronts, um, and we've we've mentioned before um, both deals and opportunities we're looking at, also um, credit facility refinancing. Um, and I think as we as we grow the company, um, one of the key things that we've always targeted is is lowering our cost of capital, building out the portfolio, getting critical mass in terms of revenue and also pipeline, and then with that. Um, as you get greater scale and with a good quality portfolio, you get enhanced liquidity, you get a bigger, broader shareholder base. Um, and I think those are all the things that we were looking to in, um, and we still are in 2022, in terms of continuing to build Elemental. So how, how, do, how do financiers view, view situations like this? If there's a potential takeover, whoever, whether, whether it be Gold Royalty or, or, or other, and the financier views them as a higher risk than than you in terms of you know revenue coming in um, in terms of and that that would affect the the how they would the, their comfort levels and therefore how they would value the, the 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 risk component there and therefore the cost of money does that affect your ability to actually have conversations or conversations the way you'd like to have conversations this year? Well, I think it's it is it's it's fortunate for us that there has been such a clear. And I think um, you know, such a clear and aligned view from our shareholders that they do not intend to accept this offer. And I think that really makes our job easier. Um, and I think that um, you know, in, in the situation we're, we're in, um, being able to come out with that in a very short space of time um, and come out with, with, I think, such a strong response um, from the company and from shareholders, um, I think that's 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 made our job easier in in terms of continuing um, to progress the company um, uh, and and our business objectives um, to to maximise value for shareholders. And I think our view has has always been that um, this company and our portfolio, um, it, you know, we have become a, a more attractive um, company as we have grown it. And our view is that will continue to be the case as some of our royalties have resource and reserve updates, as some of them continue to hit their targets, as other royalties come on stream. Um, you know, we will not be a less attractive 
um, company because of it. We, the opposite is true. We will actually be a more attractive asset company, and we will have um, we will be able to live a better value for our shareholders. And and that has been a, a view that we have espoused since we um, you know since we started um, and long before this bid um, came. Came to pass. Okay, and, and obviously we, we talk about credit facilities and 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 sort and structured finance uh, that may be available to you, or certainly you're having conversations about. But given the pop in the share price, you can take advantage and um, raise any equities in the mar- equity in the market. I think that um, uh, clearly um, one thing that this this hostile bid has done um, is it has highlighted. Um, the value and elemental, and um, I think we have we have spoken um, to you a number of times in the past and, and said that look, these are high quality assets. Um, you know, you rarely see them in a junior royalty company, and um, you know it really gives us a platform to build out the company. And I think that um, uh, we continue to um, we continue to look to ability to to do that going forwards, and um, it's uh, it's important for. Elemental shareholders to see that we're not we're not sitting back and sitting on our hands and, and not doing anything, um, but we are doing what we've said we would always do: continue to add to the to the business, continue to expand the portfolio in a measured, sensible, and you know value accretive way. And that is um, that is what we will do. Is that a maybe or a yes? I can try to work that out. Um, I look at uh, uh, going back to the original question. Um, uh, we're always um, we're always looking at multiple opportunities, and um, and uh, it's uh, it, it's very much um, uh, when we find something that is is a, is attractive, bid or otherwise, we will we will progress it. Brad, good to see you today. Thanks for the update on the unsolicited bid. Um, any reasons for not accepting that? Um, also, thanks for the update on the rest of the portfolio. you got to get on with the business of running the business. So we'll hear from you soon, I suspect. Much appreciate it, Matt. Thank you very much.